Today is Wednesday, June 17th, Concordia. It is great to be with you uh, once again to be in God's Word as we make our way through the, the summer. And uh, it is summertime, but it hasn't necessarily been a, a season of rest and peace, has it? Uh, we continue to walk through right those feelings of health concerns and fear and, and feelings of isolation that are connected to everything involving COVID, but also the hard conversations and, and action and activities connected to race and injustice. And so as we come together in God's Word today, uh, we finish a three-part series on finding joy. Finding joy not when it's easy, but when life or this world or spiritual evil uh, seems to be at its worst. So as we gather together to be in God's Word, I want to start with Psalm 146 which begins with these joyous words of praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Then goes on to say, put not your trust in princes. In our context, we could add to that in human beings, politicians, social elites, celebrities, and so on none of whom can save you, and all of whom will die. The psalm continues, Blessed is the one whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. This God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, To all generations, praise the Lord. As we continue with prayer, I want to begin with a prayer that is in the study Bible, and then to pray through the psalm with petitions about those things that the psalm remind us that the Lord does. Let us pray. O Lord, help us not put our trust in people, but in you alone. Forgive us for mistreating others and for looking down on people different from ourselves. Thank you for keeping all of your promises through Christ. Lord, bring about justice for those who are oppressed. Provide for those in need. Set free, open eyes, lift up. Watch over and uphold those who find themselves alone. Bring to ruin the actions and ways of the wicked. And Lord, help us to love your righteousness to walk in your righteousness and to live out 
your righteousness in both justice and mercy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's reading comes from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Here ends the reading. In the name of Jesus, amen. People think happiness and joy are the same thing. They're not. Happiness is conditional. Joy is not. Happiness is rooted in what's happening. Joy is not. I generally agree with Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy. Although Pastor Anderson turned that down for the sermon hymn this morning, I have no idea why. But the truth is, the Bible never promises happiness. Said in kind of a roughshod way, you could even say God doesn't care about your happiness. But he does care deeply about your joy. It's it's easy to be happy when you have freedom from persecution, no context for suffering, independence from having to scrounge around for a few bucks for lunch, when all your relationships are going good and you ace your midterms. But have trouble with any one of these, and what happens? What's flunking a midterm due to your happiness? Poof, it's gone. Especially when you gotta tell your parents or your grandpa who helped some of the tuition for the semester. Joy is something completely different from happiness. Joy doesn't depend on circumstance. Its focus is on something else, something greater than circumstance. As I thought about the theme of finding joy in persecution, 
which if you've seen the images and you have of Christians being tortured and killed for the same faith that we confess. If you've read some of the accounts that come out of North Korea recently, it'll make you cry. It's nearly unfathomable when you think about it, finding joy in persecution and all the bad stuff for that matter. As I thought about that, I thought of two chapters in Isaiah that sit side by side, chapters 34 and 35. And although 34 isn't about persecution, it's actually about something far worse. It's about justice. Justice we've earned by our injustice toward one another. It's about getting what you really deserve, which, by the way, is something you really don't want. The bad end of karma, if there were such a thing. It's about the judgment of the Almighty God on a rebellious, belligerent people, a pugnacious you, a revolting me. It's about God leveling both barrels of his sawed-off justice, fair and fully warranted at you and me because of who we really are down beneath our phony smiles and our paraded piety, who we really are, broken people, turn in on ourselves people, selfish you and selfish me, who live as if God does not matter and as if I matter most, which, by the way, is the way I'm naturally geared, and you too, I guess. I know we don't like to think of God as a judge. We like to think of him as a benevolent, grandfatherly type who looks the other way at our foolish rebellion, but we have no right not to think of him in these terms, for he's revealed himself very clearly as the never-deceived, righteous judge of heaven and earth, of you and of me. We don't have time to read chapter 34 out loud, but if we did, you'd get the idea from its harsh words that it's not a pretty sight, this judgment. The chapter's populated with words like sword, blood, destruction, slaughter, vengeance, thorns, and on and on it goes. It describes a desolate place, the place of God's wrath, outrage brought about by wickedness, not of God, but of humanity. Think we're basically good people? Watch the news and you see otherwise. And it's not just them out there. Look into the mirror of who God wants us to be toward him and toward our neighbor as well, and you see otherwise. Now, chapter 34 is a miserable place. Thorns shall grow over its strongholds, nettles and thistles in its fortresses. It shall be the haunt of jackals and the abode for ostriches. There's no joy in chapter 34. But in chapter 35, there's, there's a great transformation. It's like the exact opposite. The wilderness becomes glad. The desert blooms with flowers that just shouldn't be there. Places like Lebanon and Carmel see the majesty and glory of God. Weak hands are strengthened and feeble knees made firm. And as you look, you see a land that is refreshed and a people full of joy. Joyful, but not necessarily happy. God 
moved Isaiah to write chapter 35, not because he wanted to produce happiness in those who heard it, because in the immediate context, happiness just would not do. For enemies were laying siege to Jerusalem. How could you be happy about that? But what gave Judah hope, what gave Judah joy, was to know in their heart of hearts that even though in the midst of the harshest of times, God was speaking a word of redemption to them. God told them, and he tells you, that he has not turned his back on them, and that he has and is and will save them, and you too. The joy that God promises in chapter 35 of Isaiah finds its ultimate meaning in Jesus, that God will save you, and in Christ Jesus, already has. Joy is the fruit of redemption. Joy is the fruit of hope found on the highway, who is Jesus. By God's grace, we have been spared our ultimate fate, and because of the person and work of our Jesus, Whatever our circumstance, God has and is and will save you. Knowing that changes things. Because of the gospel, our blind eyes have been given sight to see our God at work even in the bleakest of circumstances. Our deaf ears are unplugged to hear the greatness of God's salvation in the gospel. And like the tongue of the mute, we can sing for joy and proclaim the gospel to the world. For we know that our salvation isn't rooted in the condition of our circumstances. Our salvation isn't found in ourselves. It's found in a loving and merciful God. For he is the one who does the outside of you saving work to save you. He's the only one who can save you from death. That's the promise God gives. Not that he'll fix things. Not that he'll make you happy. But the one who is called Emmanuel really is God with you and for you. Because of him you are forgiven. And because of his forgiveness you can never go astray. And you will come to that place and that time of his rest with everlasting joy, and all your sorrow and sighing will one day flee away. So through all the stuff that you go through in your life, the, the big stuff and the little, if you know that the death and resurrection of Jesus for your salvation is really for you, and it is, and you know, no matter what, that you are safe in his hand because he's promised, in spite of what you're going through, whether you're happy or not, and that because he's died and risen for you, then in Christ, regardless of persecution, regardless of things going from bad to worse, regardless of your situation, in the end, you know, everything's going to be okay. Okay, because the end really isn't the end. Not for you. Not for anyone who trusts Jesus for their salvation then even in the midst of the worst of things, even in the face of persecution and death, you can still have joy 
not necessarily happiness, but certainly joy. You can still have joy because you have Christ. And even more important than that, Christ has you. He promised you that in the waters of your baptism. And because he has you, you are safe. Safe. Hid with Christ in God, no matter what. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, these summer months, the days are filled with sunshine. But we confess the shadows of sin in our lives. We build ourselves up at the expense of others. We harbor prejudices and all sorts of self-centeredness. We rely on our own efforts to make our lives secure. We have idols and we have addictions which we hope will give us joy. Yet you, O Lord, are the potter, and we are the clay. Come to restore and reform us in your image. Remake us into your people. Rebuild what sin has broken, that we and your whole creation may rejoice again in you. Amen. The hymn, Hark the Glad Sound, is one we typically sing in the Advent season, that time leading up to Christmas when we celebrate our Savior's birth. But it is also a good song to sing in this season as well, to be reminded what a glad sound it is to be in the promise of the Savior who comes to us. Because he comes to us in his daily visitation and his ever-abiding presence, but also to live in the confident hope of his promise of his final and glorious return. You can pause here to access the included PDF of the lyrics, and then let's join our voices together in this joyful song.
receive this benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen.